We're in the home stretch of the high times. We took a hard left, but we're all right. Yeah, life sure can try to put love through it, but we built this right. So nothing's ever gonna move it when the bones are good. The rest don't matter when the pain could peel. The glass could shatter, let it break. Cause you and I remain the same. When there ain't a crack in the foundation, baby, I know any storm we're facing will blow right over while we stay put. The house don't fall when the bones are good. Wow. Call it dumb luck, but baby, you and I can't even mess it up. Although we both try, no, it don't always go away. We planned it, but the wolves come and went. And we're still standing when the bones are good. The rest don't matter. Yeah, the pain could peel. The glass could shatter. Let it break. Cause you and I remain safe. When there ain't a crack in the foundation. Baby, I know any storm will freeze and will blow right over while we stay put. The house don't fall when the bones are good. Julie, Hi. honestly, come on, that was amazing. You guys got ringers here. I mean, I just like I'm I'm always impressed, like way beyond. That was amazing. Thanks. What song fun. is that? It's called The Bones. Okay. And. It became like a favorite song of mine about two years ago, I think. I heard it and it just, it's got like triple meaning for me. My own bones haven't been yeah. broken, right? And now those bones are put together with titanium, so they're freaking strong, right? <laughs> bones of a relationship this past six years has been pretty trying for my family. And I, I guess I sing that for my husband. Because we've got good bones. so <laughs> It's all you need. It is. It's all you need. And then the third thing is like the bones of a house, right? Yep. So we're going to talk about construction. And when you've got good bones, you can make it work. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing is accessibility, right? But if you've, li like literally, if you have good bones in your house, you can make it accessible. You can build off of it. Exactly. Which is great. So I want to let all the listeners know I'm, I'm in a beautiful area. There's no urban noise pollution. <laughs> Welcome to Bly. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for the invite, for coming out here. It was such a beautiful drive to come out this way and finally meet you. I know we've spoken quite a bit, and Linda is our connection, mm -hmm. you know, six degrees. And, and, and I'm excited about this show. And, I mean, just let everybody know we're basically going to talk about accessibility renovating proper ways of doing it and why and you should and i was actually just going through your house and went to the bathroom and i'm like this is actually really nice yeah right <laughs> this is really really nice it's beautiful and that's 
like accessible was the ultimate goal here, but really my goal was beautiful. Accessibility. Accessible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's key. So, okay, right off the bat, I want to talk about your handles. So you're basically, how do you pronounce the last name? Sawchuck. Sawchuck, okay. So it's actually a perfect name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sawchuck. It's S-A-W-C-H-U-K dot C-A. And then also your email is julie at juliesawchuck.ca. And then on Instagram, it's... Uh, Sawsome. 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 How'd you get Sawsome? <laughs> it... Hyphenated Julie. Yeah, it was okay. just one of those things that uh, we have kind of played around with as a family, right? I love Being it. It's awesome. Awesome sawchucks. So we just put them together. It's my license plate, actually. <laughs> That's amazing. Is it hyphen or is it underscore? It's underscore. At yeah. sawsome underscore Julie. Correct. Okay, great. So I just got to do one little shout out to Amy, one of our avid listeners. And so she had a few questions, and I told her that on the next show I would bring up these questions so you might be able to help me out with some of these questions as well uh so she's at my dream prep and she just started school she's getting into construction she loves it she's a mom and she's got lots of kids and she's totally doing the school thing which is great and and we've given her a few shout outs and we've talked about her and i totally respect that she's going through all that so she's just had a few things she's been asking for a sticker i'm gonna get it to you don't worry about that uh we'll get some stuff to you then she's telling me about her hour and 20 minute commute where she's uh, catching up on a lot of the shows and then so she has some questions and the first question funny enough is what is your favorite brand of chapstick <laughs> so amy i actually funny enough is don't use chapstick um i know that when we're working on the job site it in the colder months we do get some you know i'll probably just put some vaseline or something like that i don't know what is your favorite chapstick oh, to use chapstick Cha- just chapstick like the brand the chapstick. brand chapstick okay. i was on a mint kick but now i'm on a vanilla kick vanilla kick mm-hmm. all right okay so there you go amy give that a try what are your favorite least favorite construction smells was just thinking about how i love the smell of cuts wood when i walk into the building on school days curious what other answers would be favorite smells i do love fresh cut lumber mm-hmm. especially cedar see i was just gonna mm. say cedar that's what all this is it's yeah you've cedar. got lots of ce- oh yeah. it's amazing so i would say cedar um i'm trying to think of what i mean poplar's got this really distinctive mm. kind of smell that i'm not crazy about mm-hmm. but cedar's up there pine's up there too mm-hmm. there's a few there and finally thanks so much for liking the post i don't have a huge following so guys give her a follow at my dream prep she just loves the support and she's also thanking jim as well and then she sends me a follow-up message just wanted to add love to be on the show one day but i need to be up in canada to experience it pop up and i said you're more than welcome to come anytime we'll figure it out we'll get around this whole pandemic thing she wants to just thank it again and over and over she just notes it okay sorry too many questions two glasses of wine gotta end the night (laughs) so amy thank you another uh have you ever done another show on the nutritionist woman so i did a show with Sandra, and we talked about eating healthy and eating right because a lot of contractors don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually surprised to hear the other day that the food trucks are still out there and they're not the best food. And I and also I'm a little surprised that a lot of the younger generation contractors, they're just Uber eats, eating everything. Oh, right. And I'm like trying to get these kids to make food and bring mm-hmm. it in and eat healthier. So I, I would love to bring Sandra back, Amy. Honestly, she had so much to share and I want to bring her back and I want to bring other people that want to talk about eating healthy. And then also she talks about bringing up a show on financial. We're discussing that. We're going to bring that up. So Amy, thank you so much for the questions, guys. Please, again, reach out to her and follow her at My Dream Prep. Nice. Okay. So, Julie, let's get on with the show with you. I know that you've written some books. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of insight into this world, and we want to share this to our listeners. You take the control. 
So it started the year I was 41, six years ago, in okay. fact. I was a mom with two kids living on this 10-acre farm, husband, high school teacher, teaching biology. I was at that point in my life where I was like, okay, I got to do something to be fit. I'm 40. I want to be fit and keep up with my kids and, you know, live a good life, be healthy, eat well, exercise, all that stuff. I picked a new sport, which was triathlon. I was already a swimmer and a runner, and I was a trail biker, but not a road biker. Cross-country skiing. I did everything outside. That was a big part of my life. And I bought a road bike and started doing triathlons. Not like Olympic level or anything like that. This is age category. And I was 41, so then you're at the bottom of the age category, (laughs) which is a good place to be. I was training for the Goderich Triathlon, which is the race that's closest to me here. We swim in Lake Huron, do a 42-kilometer bike and a 10K run. Oh, wow. So serious race. So lots of serious training. So that's what I was doing the morning I was hit by a car. I was on my bike on my way home from a 40 or 60 kilometer ride and I was by myself and a car just drove right into me. Wow. So I landed, I had my helmet on, I landed basically on my face in the ditch about 30 feet, split open my forehead, broke my nose, broke my two front teeth, tore my trachea, broke a bunch of ribs and broke my spine in two places, T4 and L1. So T4 is like bra line, basically mid chest. Okay. And that was where the damage was done to my spinal cord, like a bone fragment shot into my spinal cord. That's what caused the damage. So I have a spinal cord injury. I use a manual wheelchair. Fast forward six years, and now I'm an accessibility strategist. I educate I learn myself by talking to other people and their experiences of living with a disability. The thing that I have learned is until you are living it, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. And from an industry perspective for your listeners, experience that you have had helping um, you know, construct something in a way to make it accessible, you have to add to that lived experience. What I see is the people who need accessibility and the people that do the work to create accessible spaces don't have conversations. We don't discuss these. No. You know what? You're a thousand percent correct. We never had these conversations. It's for a whole bunch of reasons. A lot of them are uncomfortable conversations. I could see that. People with disabilities don't like to highlight the fact that they have a disability or complain about it but having these kinds of conversations are so it's so very important because when you went into my bathroom what did you notice very much a lot of space and actually visually I saw where everything was Mm -hmm. I didn't have to question where can I find a towel? Where can I find a tissue? Where can I find anything? Everything was honestly accessible Mm -hmm. to me and I was looking at it, but it didn't feel it was designed for somebody else. It was, it felt like it was designed for someone who was walking in Mm -hmm. there or wheeling in there. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt. Universal. Yes. Right. Very much for everybody and beautiful. Yes. And it was still very stylistic. (laughs) Yes. Very design oriented. That came about because of 
42 different house plans and conversations after conversations. You're and discussing with whom? So my architect and my builder. Okay. And my husband. And they have before or not? No. So these are all new conversations? Yes. Okay. The architect had had experience with accessibility, but not designing a completely wheelchair accessible home. My builder had had experience doing commercial, more institutional kinds of accessibility. Making it personal is what made the difference. But in order to do that, you had to have the personal conversations. Yeah. Like as, as straightforward as how do I get out of my wheelchair and onto the toilet? That's not a conversation that you would have with just anybody. And so the, the level of trust and understanding that needs to exist between the people doing the work and the people that you're doing the work for has to be really high. If you're a homeowner listening and thinking, yeah, okay, this aging in place, I want to stay in my house for as long as possible. How am I going to find the person to do that work for me? And honestly, there's not a lot of people out there. It's a there, small percentage. Yeah, with yeah. experience. My tip to the people that are looking for the right person is it's somebody that you trust and you can have a conversation and they're willing to learn. Because when you're willing to learn, then you can do anything. Out of the box thinking, then anything is possible. They don't have to have done it before but they have to be willing to try. Well, that's construction. Yes. That's what the majority of good contractors, designers, anybody, the architects that are in construction, they're up for the challenge. Mm -hmm. They're always interested in a challenge. We're so familiar with the institutional accessibility, mm -hmm. which is not the most design friendly. It's very functional. You and I and everybody else that would walk in there going, I don't like the look and which translates, I don't like the feel. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't appeal to me. I guess my first question to you for the listeners is how do we start this conversation without kind of feeling awkward about having this conversation? Are there things that should we just treat it as if we're having just another design and construction conversation? Absolutely. That's it. Just yep. don't don't sugarcoat it. Nope. Just like this is, okay, how do you use the toilet? How do you use the shower? How do you use the sink? Don't beat around the bush. That's it. Yep. Just have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because that, I mean, we do it all the time when I'm dealing with clients and I know that I've come across a four foot something female and a seven foot something male. And I'm like, okay, so let's talk about your shower patterns. Mm -hmm. Where do you want the head? Yep. So we're blatant about it. So why not? Why can't we be the same thing about this? Exactly the same. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. Then that's what we should do. Yep. And, but then also keep in mind the design components. Don't forget when you're speaking to the people, who are they? What do they like? What do they dislike? And things like that. And then you can start adding all your design elements to it. So there's the design element and, and the use. You'll notice in my bathroom, I have just two 18-inch horizontal grab bars on either side of the toilet. The toilet. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't have that giant L bar that you would see in a commercial bathroom because the vertical component of that bar isn't something that I use. That's used by somebody who's seated on the toilet and then needs help to get back up into standing but I don't stand so I need the leverage of a horizontal bar to lift myself off the toilet and back into my wheelchair so that's why you have two at the same horizontal height well I don't use both of them to get up but I use both of them 
to pull my pants up. Got so it. I lean to the right, pull my pants up on the left, and then vice versa, right? So I need that. You'll have seen the fold-down grab bar yep. in some bathrooms. Yeah. That's the brilliance of the fold down grab bar is you can use it for leverage on either side and then you can pop it out of the way and transfer because okay. some some people transfer from the side of the toilet and some people transfer from you know what everybody does it differently everybody figures out <laughs> their way to do it and so that's the kind of conversation that yeah. you want to have okay how do you get on and off the toilet the homeowner or the person that the design is being done for needs to be clear and say it like it is. So on both sides, we have to be that way. For me. For, yeah. for any client that comes in, let's just have the conversation. Yeah. And then, then you do the exact same thing with the shower. You do the exact same thing with the sink. And then if you get the opportunity, you can renovate the rest of the house. Yeah. Then we start talking. So let's talk about the shower elements and the sink elements. Yeah. And By things far, like that. the bathroom is the most important room in the house for it to be accessible. It's... The room where safety is the biggest concern, right? Because you've got the slipperiness of water, yep. wheels, hydroplaning, walkers, canes, anything can hydroplane. Feet can hydroplane. We know that. Yeah. And never thought about the wheels though. Oh yeah. So, mm. mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can really do to change. Only the floor surface. So the texture of the floor, if it's got a bit of roughness to it there's going to be less hydroplaning so you want to look at some sort of stone or tile material that has a little bit of an abrasive kind of yeah, feel not, to it not abrasive but something textured something textured okay so stay away from grip. polished yeah materials no polish because if there's water in there and the wheel goes on there then you're, you're my chair will just slide <laughs> you're boogieing okay <laughs> yeah. and you don't want to do that in that room no and then the other thing is slope in a shower so okay. that's a safety thing as well. Picture a central drain versus a channel drain. The linear drains. Yeah, a, li- a linear drain. So yeah. you rather have a center drain and then nope. have... No. No. You rather have a... S- linear drain because okay. then slope is consistently all in one direction. So when you... S- okay, all right. right. When you have a central drain, you've got multiple slopes running to that center drain. And it means for my wheelchair, I'm on three wheels now. Whereas with a linear drain, the slope is all in one direction. All my wheels are on the floor at the same time. Good to know. I have this brilliant video that I took in a hotel where I'm trying to get from the shower bench back into my wheelchair. And there's so much slope running into this center drain that my chair is like dancing. And I'm like, okay just gonna i'm just gonna take a chance and hope that my butt lands in my seat so it's like the worst patio cafe table with oh, exactly. only one leg is actually seated yeah properly. and you're trying to get your butt on it yeah okay <laughs> that's a uh, really good one well, that's what i that's my that was my first thought and then what happens is the, the server surgery comes in and stuffs in a few yeah. but that doesn't happen inside mm-hmm. of a shower no. so the slope was way too great it was and it, it really doesn't matter how slopey it is when it's a center drain. You can't be on four wheels at the same time. Okay. They're not all touching the surface. I know that when I got started in construction 10 years ago, I automatically eliminated curbs on all showers. Mm. Oh, brilliant. I just And I started paying attention to the accessible ones. And mm-hmm. I know that they had the gasket there to stop. And I just started thinking, showers weren't really designed today for the purpose of retaining water. It's not a little mini bathtub, so why do we need this curb here? Let's get rid of this curb, and we just walk right in. And that came from accessibility. Zero threshold. Zero means like 
zero not nothing. a quarter of an inch not an eighth of an inch nothing you're yeah. going from this tile surface right into the shower yeah, and you have your vinyl plank and it transitions right into ceramic tile now seated wise and accessibility with mm -hmm. with niches and placement of shower valves and things like that yeah those are going to be changed slightly yes and that's the next conversation right okay where are you going to sit when you're having a shower and it doesn't even have to be a person who is a wheelchair user, right? Some people just like to sit when they're in the shower. Like, <laughs> we build benches all the time exactly. for people. Yes. So that bench, whether it's a flip-up bench or a, you know, a tile bench that's integrated right into the design, ask the person to sit there or mock it up, right? Set up a chair, pretend you're in the shower. Where can you actually reach the controls? Where do you want the soap dispenser to be or your niche? I have a soap dispenser because when I sit on my shower bench, I'm generally holding myself up. I have such little core strength that if I'm not in my wheelchair with my backrest, my body's not at the right angle to keep myself balanced. So okay. I'm often kind of holding on. So I've got this hand holding onto the bench, and then my my left hand is to use the soap dispenser. So automated, I'm not, automated soap dispenser. Not automated. No, I've got to push the push button. Got to push it. Okay. Um, but instead of juggling bottles, right? Where yes. Because you you'll need in two hands hand. for that. Exactly. Okay. So that's why I have a, a soap dispenser, and my shower controls are all within reach. We've got a rain shower head and a wand on a movable. A slide bar. Uh, slide bar, which is funny because it never gets moved. It's at the lowest the position lowest. for me. My husband uses the rain shower. He's 6'3", right? Okay. So <laughs> so that's a, a funny thing. Why it's even on a slide bar, it's never... Uh, well, it's nice to have the slide because I've always said, put them in for the kids as they grow. Yes, it gets a little higher. Exactly. So you always... I generally park the valves at a four-foot height level. Mm -hmm. And that's a comfortable level, basically just above your height. Right. Entirely sure what height mine is at. but It's probably a little bit lower. Yeah. So okay. you, have, you have the person sit. Where can they reach? And for heaven's sake, don't put it across no. from the bench. No. Every hotel is like that. Is like that. So they're not designing their bathrooms properly. No. They're not thinking... Okay, when the person's sitting on the bench here, how the heck are they going to reach the controls when they're literally four or five feet away? They can't. No. It's impossible no. at that point. What else about the shower? The controls? Oh, uh, thermostatic regulation. Super, super important for people with disabilities, especially when sensation is no longer possible, right? I can't tell if I am scalding my yeah. legs. I'm always insisting to clients that all valves should be thermostatic. Yeah. So then you can set it, preset, and there's no chance of every scalding, mm -hmm. which is great. And then so your niches will be placed a little bit lower. A little bit lower. And but like you said, with your husband, you still have to have the taller shelves for him yep. for his purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And for grab bars in the shower, too, that was we didn't put those in until after we installed the bench. So it wasn't. Okay, let's just put it all together. It took a little while for me to figure out what bench I wanted. I was using a, like a shower commode on wheels, which is another reason why we made the bathroom so big. Because when you have two sets of wheels in the space, think about the turning radius yeah, that you, you need have to, to move spin around. It around. You got yes. it. So, in our, so what you can't see is where those flowers are to the to the right. Okay. That's yeah. where the old house used to be. Okay. So it was a one and a half story. Part one and a half, part two story, 110-year-old farmhouse. Okay. And you convert it into oh, no. this. We no? didn't convert it. 
we lived in it while we built this. Okay. And then we tore it down. That must have been fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was a lot of work. We did a little bit of renovation there so that we, so that I could manage in the space while we built this house. Two and a half years. Okay. To build the new house. To design it, like to come, all those 42 plans, that took a long time. And then weather and all of that stuff. How was the team? How was the contractor and the architect? How were the trades? The contractor was a really good friend of ours. When I was injured, I said to him, okay, if I get to build a house, you're going to build it. And he was like, you bet. And we're going to make it awesome. So He never did it before? No, not a fully accessible home. Okay. No. But he's a custom home builder, so he knows his stuff, really knows what he's doing. And... So, yeah, just lots of conversations. And the more you have those conversations, the more comfortable they become thinking everything through. I was like the project manager. I mean, I was living right there. You're on site all the <laughs> right? time. Imagine imagine your client of your most recent project watching you all day. I mean, I it happens. I, wa- I wasn't watching all day, but I did come a lot over here to say, hey, how's it going? And you know, remember this, like I caught um, one of the things in terms of the thermostat when they, when they installed the thermostat, I was like, I'm not going to be able to reach that. Well, by code, it's supposed to be at 60 inches or something. So that's a little high. It, it's lower. Okay. So I needed it to be lower. I needed the garage door opener to be lower. Same thing. When they came in and installed, like, there's no way I would have reached. I'm like, guys, okay. Remember? can't reach that what about light switches yeah light switches are lower by six inches so we go from 51 down to 40 you're going 45 or so yeah countertops in the kitchen and in the bathroom they're a little bit lower and then with the vanity in the bathroom you basically have it's roll under yeah Mm -hmm. yeah which but you still have some floating shelves on the side so you can still store stuff oh yeah there's drawers and floating shelves which is great yeah being creative finding little niches we made little flip out drawers beside the toilet so that i can hide my bathroom supplies that was casey my builder that was his brilliant like yeah, we're going to do this. Just maximize little nooks yep. and crannies here. They're in between the studs. Well, you have 14 and a half inches. Yeah. So might as well use it. Absolutely. That's a smart idea. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so that takes us out of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Laundry room? Laundry room is a closet in the hallway with sliding doors. So you open everything up and it's all there. It's all right there. There, The sliding doors. It took a little while to find the right channel for the door um, on the floor. Because it can't have a threshold, right? It, no. It's really, really low. So I can roll right over it and get access to the laundry sink and all of that. The washer-dryer are side-by-side, side, not stacked. The sink is lower? The sink is just a regular laundry tub, and I can actually roll my feet right under it. So you can get to it? Yeah. Okay, no so that's issues. simple enough on that laundry's, one. Laundry's easy. I'm actually waiting for a um, drying rod that lowers and raises you can pull them down because they have little hydraulic kind of yeah yeah so i can hang to dry things in my laundry space which is all coming from europe i think i think the swedish came up with those at first because they were doing it for space yeah you bring it down Mm -hmm. rack it and then push it back up out of the way yeah which is totally makes a lot of sense so although we've been here for two and a half years we're still feeling out the space and finding new ways to make it more accessible and 
use the space that we do what are some of the things that you're noticing little well one of the things and this was a lack of communication example for your listeners because when i gave the specs for my sinks to the plumber i wasn't specific enough and he found what he thought was gonna do the trick which was a little bit deeper than I really had wanted. So I have two sinks in the kitchen. We've actually got four heights of work surface in the kitchen. My husband's 6'3", got two teenage kids. This is like a challenging house to build. It is. Yeah. We have a 37-inch island with a 31-inch end. That's my work end, and it's all roll under in that space, and that's... That's the brilliant, it's like the breakfast bar, it's the homework station, it's my prep station, it's my desk. <laughs> when my desk in my office gets too messy, I just bring my laptop out and I work in the big bright kitchen. But and then on the other side, we have the two sinks. One's the prep sink, my prep sink, and then the other one's the dishwashing sink. And they're both deeper than I wanted them to be. But the one that caused the biggest problem was the the prep sink it's just a little bar sink with a little lever and a like a single lever and a, and a tap but when I roll under it my knees touch the bottom the bottom of the sink yeah mm. and it's stainless steel so what do you think happened I'm rolled right under okay my knees are touching the bottom of the sink oh so it's burned yeah because yeah, stainless steel is it's basically conducting yeah it transferred oh. the heat right to the skin of my knees from a pot of boiling potato water oh yeah. and you didn't notice until i didn't even know it was happening ouch so i come out and my knees red and instantly it blisters and i've got this like inch and a half raised whatever third degree burn on my just knee. from a sink just from the sink because the sink was deeper than what I had intended in the design, in the height of the counter. Because we're so used to, I guess, because a, a typical sink is about nine inches deep mm -hmm. or so, but then you'd have to get a, a seven or a six inch sink. This is seven, okay. and I wanted six. So a six would have been perfect. Yep. Anybody out there knows a good <laughs> bar well, sink well, that's I, six I know, inches. I know companies like Kohler, they, I, I got an email uh, maybe three or four years ago that they were doing a huge push on mm -hmm. accessibility. Yep. And they started to design new products, new designs, new ideas that were very functional but accessible. Mm -hmm. And and I started looking at them and I was like, these are great. These are all great designs. These are all great ideas. And now they're, they're asking contractors to try to push them into construction. Yeah, I actually have Kohler on... Uh, a team that I'm working on, a representative from Kohler, we're designing the, the CSA group is designing the new residential accessibility building code. You're familiar with B651. This is going to yeah. be B652. It's a brand new code for residential accessibility. Because you're a part of that whole, so you're basically changing things for us. Yes. Which is great to hear. How is that process? It's really rewarding because I hear from people that, you know, they've been in a space that I've helped become more accessible. It's like, yay me, like I've <laughs> helped somebody, right? And when you, when you help a business, it, you're not doing it for the business owner, generally. You're doing it for their customers and you don't know who those customers are going to be. And you're likely not going to have a lot of communication with those customers. You might hear back from the business owner when, you know, something good has happened. Who was here the other day and I was 
Oh, no, I was talking to somebody the other day on the phone, and she said, oh, and Julie, you helped with Cowbell, right? Make it more accessible. Brewery. And, and I was like, yeah, I did. So Cowbell is a little craft brewery. Not yeah. really that little, but craft brewery I was just, just told about road. it when I was coming up here from Waddell. I think he was telling me, if you're in Blythe, then stop by and... I think we're going to go there for lunch. Okay. That's <laughs> interesting. take you out for lunch. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I helped make that place accessible that was the very first project that i did they were just breaking ground i had just been injured and i was like okay this accessibility thing like there's a lot to be done a lot so i called them up and i said can i help you and they were like of course you can help the conversation that i had yesterday was with somebody whose family came up from texas and her sister has quadriplegia and they went to cowbell and they were absolutely blown away by the accessibility at cowbell and when you and i go we'll we'll spend some time in the okay for sure together. yeah because i want to see it i yeah. know because that's the it's amazing it has an adult size change table it has grab bars exactly where they need to be roll under sink automatic door opener everything how does that feel julie when you get someone oh it's so cool so she she's like yeah you know they came from texas and were blown away by the accessibility here and it's funny because Often, Canadians are making comparisons to the Americans with Disabilities Act. Why aren't we as good as the Americans? And I'm like, okay. Are we then, trailing? I know that we have a lot of American listeners. I, I, I feel that we're not trailing. Yeah. I feel that we're tr leading. I honestly think so. In some respects, okay. in new build, I would say yeah, we are I, leading. Yeah, I agree with you on yeah. that totally. Yeah. It's the. Um, it's the redesign or the lack of redesign in old spaces. People think that they're accessible, but they're not. The classic example is the angled grab bar. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Old code, the grab bar beside Is that the functional at all? No, well, okay. I'm trying to think of for like... For me, no. For a lot of people, no. But um, the way you would grab something naturally, you wouldn't grab it on that no. angle. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. There are people out there who will say, no, no, I like the angle grab bar. It works for me. The L-shaped grab bar that has a horizontal surface and a vertical surface, it is more functional for a larger number of people, right? Because then you can get the leverage down, the force down, and you can get pull up. The vertical. That, that angle grab bar, it's so useless. And it's often placed so far away from the front of the toilet, it's even more useless. Anyways, I don't know where we were going with that, but... The American, accessibility in commercial space. Yeah, and, American yeah. versus Canadian. We know what we need to do. We need to do it. We need to fund it. And we also need to not be scared of making the changes. The very first thing is that people say is, how much is it going to cost me? You know, what do I need to do and how much is it going to cost me? And people need to stop being afraid of the cost because it's often less than you think. Like there are so many things that you can do to make a space accessible without it costing you a fortune. And you just need to start. Well, I'm thinking about commercial spaces, the amount of lost revenue mm -hmm. if you don't do this, mm -hmm. because why not open up your business to more people to come to your business? 22%. 22%. So 22% of the Canadian population identify as having a disability. So if your space is not accessible you're, you're turning you are away turning away 22 percent of your of business, business. Yeah. so i was at a little shop in goderich yesterday 
and uh, it has about a 10 inch step. So there's no way I'm getting in that shop, but they, it's a little secondhand shop and they had a rack of jackets out front. So I stopped and I was looking at the jackets, you know, I haven't really been out shopping. So any opportunity, (laughs) of course, take it. (laughs) So I, I said to the woman when she came out, I said, don't you have a portable ramp that you can put out so I can? And she's like, well, I've ordered one, but it just, the guy's just behind and he just hasn't got it to me yet. And I said, 22%. You mentioned that to yeah. her. And she's like, yeah, okay. I'm going to call him again. I think it was Ronsonsville in Toronto. Mm-hmm. They started doing the whole stop the gap thing, yes. which was great. Stop gap is awesome. But, but s- sometimes I feel uh, because of the space on the sidewalk, it's a little mm-hmm. shallow and it's it's quite a bit of effort to get up there. So it, Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's what it, I mean, you, it's challenging to get up there. So you can, that's what it is. It is a stop gap measure. It helps a person like me get into the store more safely because, yeah, I could get somebody to tip me backwards, lift my front wheels up onto the step and then lift me up. That's not as safe as having somebody push me up a small portable ramp. It's not an independence solution, right? Like I can't, because like you said, the slope is often steeper. It's than too great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you want to treat it as if it's just a single person in yeah. a chair that can exactly. actually go up there. Yeah. And so from a construction perspective, when when all these little small towns are redoing their main streets, they are doing a really good job at trying to figure out how to raise the sidewalk just enough so that it can be flush with the entry to as many of those little shops as possible. But it's tough. It's challenging because it's extra costs and everyone's trying to keep their budgets, I guess, tight. Mm -hmm. You would know this better than me. What is the actual extra cost? to do any of it. I mean, you're choosing a different kind of sink. If it's new construction, your plumber is still placing the fixtures in a different spot. That's all it is. So the work isn't really that much no, effort. No, the work is not any different. Yeah. In constructing this house compared to another four-person family home, the biggest difference is the number of square feet. It's not about anything fancy. It's really just square feet so that I can move around, get through spaces. We made the kitchen, <laughs> we made the kitchen a little bit bigger than we needed to, but because we'd been living in that old farmhouse with a tiny little kitchen where if the dishwasher was open, I was trapped. I was either trapped <laughs> in the kitchen or trapped yeah. out of the kitchen. In the design of this kitchen, we made it so that when the dishwasher door is down, I can still get around in the kitchen. How much more does it cost? How many more square feet are you going to have? That's really all it is. But we're talking like 10% more square feet, maybe 15% more square feet. That brings up a question of mine where, what about just flooring in general? I know Mm -hmm. that we talked about the flooring surface in a wet area, but I mean, everybody wants a specific kind of hardwood. Hmm. Are we conscious? Do we have to, or can we choose anything at that point? You can choose anything so long as it's durable. So you just want something a lot more... Then scratch scratch resistant. We just have luxury vinyl plank, which is huge. And I I actually it's it's they're much better these days. Mm -hmm. Like laminate is dead and buried and should be gone. Nobody uses anymore. But the yeah, the luxury vinyl is is a great product these Mm days. Great to install and very, very durable and really happy with it. Like it, there's a couple of dents where something really heavy with a sharp corner has 
been dropped. And that's the but only But that reason. would have happened to, any, to anybody. To, yeah. yeah. It had nothing to do with my wheelchair. No, no. But that would have happened. dropping a sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was? It was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the machine didn't fare very well either. The thing about floors is level. Back to the bones, right? When you've got the bones of the house level, then that makes a wheelchair user expend less energy. So did you self-level everything? Yeah, this this is slab on grade. Okay. And like they knew it needed to be super, super level. There's one spot in the far corner of the living room that's oh. not, but that's it. And it's it's got a bookshelf in it. So I don't even So you're not even there. anywhere no, near there no, at that point. So accessibility is about energy. Okay. Okay. When a space is not accessible for a person with a disability, they have to expend more physical energy and more mental energy because it now becomes a problem solving thing. Think of that center drain. Okay, how, where do I have to put my chair so that it can have as much contact and as less slip? So that's a mental thing. And then it's also a physical thing because it takes more energy to, to lift in a different way or if you're talking about the slope on a floor like picture a 110 year old farmhouse right can you how was the slope on that oh good lord was it a ramp throw up a handful of marbles in every space <laughs> of the house and they all roll into the center oh wow right so the slab was already dipping it was oh this, oh yeah there was like it's over 100 yeah. yeah okay and it was addition on addition on addition on additions right so nothing is level anywhere you bring up such a great point like i mean you never really think about as homeowners walking around your house the mental that you're constantly aware of where you have to go in your house mm -hmm. so the slope on the floor in front of the fridge in the old house you i had to open the fridge, roll back to open the door. I'm rolling away from the microphone. <laughs> from the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I reached in to get the milk, my chair is rolling away back. from the fridge because of the slope. So I have to roll in, put my brake on, grab the milk, take my brake off, off, and then back up. That's not accessible. All of those little things add up to exhaustion. Yeah. So when... When we moved from there to here, there was like, you know, excitement. Like it's a bright, clean, beautiful, accessible home. We're here. We finally did it. Yay. There's that, uh, you know, adrenaline that kind of sits with you for a little while. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I do have more energy. It's great. But it lasted. And it was like a month later of living here. And I'm like, I still feel better. Like I actually have more energy in my day and it's well, the, because i didn't know where i was losing it in, in the, the getting the milk yeah. out of the fridge kind of stuff that happened all day it's the stress buildup yeah that's what it is mm -hmm. and that's that's we know is physically exhausting yeah it's true i never really but thought about the physical exhaustion of it too right yeah. like having to put my brakes on and off to do a simple task whereas if you are completely level you never have to do that you stop where you want to stop and you stay there. Other points? I mean, would there be anything different in the bedroom? Closets? Uh, I guess closets, you're p 
putting, you can pull down certain things. Yeah, so, every, like my husband has the tall space yeah. in the closet. I have the low space in the closet. Everything is pull out, pull out, right? Instead of a cupboard where you have to reach, reach in, in, especially in the kitchen, everything is pull out. Because that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you bring what you're looking for to you instead of having to dive in and search for it. And then I know transitions. So coming from the inside of the house to the outside of the house, your papers on the outside are the same level. Yep. Same thing with the front of the house. We sunk the door frames into the foundation. The foundation. And that every single um, piece of the puzzle, every phase in construction needed that little this is what's going to make it more accessible conversation. And that's when I go back to talking about being like the project manager and constantly being over here. I was having conversations with every single trade. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's sorry. okay. So every trade that came to this site had a conversation with me about the work they were going to do and what I needed them to think about. And how they were inviting like they oh absolutely they understood it yes they how, were team julie good yeah perfect yeah how was the building official inspection how oh, easy easy peasy yeah. okay because mm -hmm. i know that there's certain things so then they basically when you were submitting to permit are you submitting it differently to no. is no it's still the same mm -hmm. but then when they come in they're looking at their details regarding accessibility and they're signing off from there or um, no she wasn't looking at anything in terms of accessibility. It was, are the locks on the doors and is the electrical installed correctly and all of that kind of stuff. I, I wasn't with her her first time through, but I was with her for the sign off. And yeah, she wasn't looking at accessibility. That was more like the building code construction electrical stuff. So she was just no signing issues. off on just construction itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically going through the same thing that we always go through for yeah. any project. Then. Exactly. Okay, that's perfect. Yeah. The accessibility here posed, like our decisions posed no change to any sort of code violations. We didn't have to like do something differently and pretend we didn't. <laughs> no, if anything, what you did was you actually made, okay, so I noticed that the windows are a little bit lower. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit larger. Mm -hmm. The thresholds on the door entryways are flush. Yeah. And then your bathroom is larger mm -hmm. and everything is just more accessible mm -hmm. to gain access to. That's it. That's it. But and if you walk in here, it looks like a home. A regular house. A regular home. It just has doesn't have like front steps. So that's the only thing. It's true. But I mean, so why is it that's it's it's so hard? I guess it's because the older homes, to convert them, to retro them, or to its new yeah, construction is easier? We tend to, as humans, in every work that we do, do things the same way we've always oh, done Oh, blinders. Them. I know that. We, right? Yes. And so this is my job. I am trying to take the blinders off and say... Why are we putting that emergency call button in commercial bathrooms up beside the, the door? Toilet? Like it's just way so far away. I've seen. Well, no, it. the the door opener is one button, but okay. the emergency call button, when you've fallen and you need assistance, well, it's on the wall at like head height when you're seated on the toilet. So if you're on the floor, can you reach that? 
You know, my first thought with that is why aren't we or a manufacturer making an emergency call button a strip? Oh, they of, do. Of, okay, so a vertical strip. A horizontal strip that runs around the whole See, that's perfect. perimeter of the bathroom about 18 inches off the floor. That's perfect. Yes. Because then it's reachable yep. at that point. Yeah. But I personally haven't seen it. Yeah, I've seen it twice. Okay, think, all I've right. And I've done lots of bathrooms. I wrote a whole book about I know you bathrooms. have three books and we want to talk about them, so please bring them up. When was the first one that you wrote? So the first book that I wrote is Build Your Space, How to Create an Accessible Home for You, Your Family, and Your Future. i got to ask you, how was that to write a book? Because I know it's on Amazon. You can find yeah. it on Amazon. And at my website. Okay. It was, it had to be done. Because one of the reasons it took us so long to come up with the design for the house was because we didn't know what we were doing and there are no good resources out that there. That was my next question. Is like, what's what did you find out there? There there's isn't much. There's a few American resources, but otherwise, that's it. And there's there's like residential building code from like BC, but that's for more of like a multi-unit residential application. But how to make those decisions? I went to people's houses that were wheelchair users and like my one friend, Chris, she lives in London. I stayed at her house. I showered in her shower. I cooked in her kitchen. And I was like, okay, this works for me. This doesn't work for me. I mean, obviously residential accessibility is very personal, right? It's different than, than commercial, and we've talked about that. But how you go about making the decisions to make it work for you as a person, that's what this book is about. How to look at things and go, okay, my reach is this, and um, I need a counter height at this height so I can get good leverage with my knife, and, and instead of chopping with the knife up here at chin Which height, is way right? uncomfortable. And, and you mentioned about the windows, right? So this window here behind us is at my counter height so that I can see right out the window. We have no uppers above the kitchen counters. It's just windows. Which I've always been a huge fan of yeah. to begin with. Yeah. Get rid of all the uppers. And so we have these lovely trees as our view. And in the kitchen of the old farmhouse, I had to actually lift myself out of my wheelchair <laughs> to see out the window. Okay. So I had no idea what was what going, was going out on here, right? Okay. I wrote this book to help everyone else who comes after me to have an easier time of figuring out how to do it and not have to do 42 different versions of a house Drawings, plan. I know. Yeah. So you bring up what kinds of, you, basically what we've already discussed, yeah. you bring up a lot of these details. Everything, every space. I talk about every space in the house, even outside spaces. Well, everyone's going outside now. Everyone's yes. trying to, you know, maximize their outside. So, I mean, I noticed that How you basically, you like my it's beautiful. You've got such a large pad and you can go anywhere. Yes. I feel that you can go anywhere and everything is, and just relax in different corners. I can go anywhere and I can roll right onto the grass at both ends, we've got raised beds. So I've grown flowers and vegetables. I have a herb garden right here. Yes. And the wall that is behind you is a retaining wall that is, uh, I think it's 18 inches high. Okay, it looks like it. 18, 19 inches high with the, what do you call that top part? The co a coping stone? The, the coping stone okay. with a nice rounded edge on it. And it is exactly at the same height as my wheelchair. 
So I get out of my wheelchair. I sit on that wall. Oh, I, I love flip that. my legs up. And guess what I'm doing? I'm rolling in the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the focal point of the whole outside landscaping plan. That's where we started was, okay, we're going to make this work. Paul, my landscape designer. That's a I great him, idea. This is what I want. And so he designed everything else starting with that. Because everybody, every client wants square edge coping to begin with. Oh, no. Which is such a sharp angle, yep. even for kids and mm -hmm. pets and things like that, or drunken adults. <laughs> but the thing is, that's really clever with having a bull nose coping yep. at the height of the grade so you can get on there. And if you want, roll on the grass. Yep. Grounding. That's brilliant. Right? I don't, I don't actually touch the earth when I'm sitting in my wheelchair. Yeah. So to... I'm an outdoorsy girl. I need to be in nature so I can I can do that. Did you share that in the book as well too? I think I did. That's Although I might Cuz I like that idea yeah, a lot. I um I'm going to have to go back and look now. Cuz this was this was the very last even though it was the first thing in the plan, this was the last thing to get done. To get right? done for we sure it was. To be living. So the the other book and I was kind of writing these two books at the same time. Um, is called Roadmap to Recovery. And this book I started while I was still in hospital because when you get hit by a car or sustain a spinal cord injury in some other way, you know, from surgery or cancer, you don't know anything about living with a spinal cord injury. It's not something that you um, come across regularly, even though five people in Ontario every day sustain a spinal cord injury. I didn't injury. realize it was that high. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I wrote this book, Finding Your Way Forward After Spinal Cord Injury, with Spinal Cord Injury Ontario, which is the not-for-profit organization that advocates for people with spinal cord injuries. It's like, it, it is what it's called. It's a roadmap. All of the people that you need to know how they can help you recover. Some of the stories from my own recovery, other people's recoveries, everything from like bathroom stuff to employment because you want to get back into the workforce. You do. You want to just get back into everything. Yeah. That's available um, from Spinal Cord Injury Ontario. Free download. Um, it's also on my website. And then the third, book the third book is Building Better Bathrooms. I have two great friends, Samantha Prue and Jane Verbrot. We, uh, Samantha is a code consultant, CET, and Jane's an architect. And... We became friends when we did an accessibility certification together um, in Vancouver. It was a course we did. And we were just like, boom, fast friends, accessibility, like we are the dream team. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and we, so we did that course together and then we got back together at a conference and I was like, okay, you guys, I, I, I need to write another book and it has to be about bathrooms. Will you help me? And they were like, yes, absolutely. So pre-pandemic we were uh google meeting every week wednesday mornings jane in vancouver samantha in calgary and me here in ontario Look at that okay and we wrote this book we started pre -pandemic. just by conversations just by conversation jane did the drawings samantha was the queen of numbers like she's got the building code written on the inside of her eyelids. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. So okay. I told the stories. They came up with the numbers and the drawings. We put it all together. And it is 
every detail that you need for a bathroom plus the why. Which right? is really important. And that's what's missing from building code. That's what's missing in education like college, university. All of the training that the trades and the design industry does. They don't, I'll be honest with you, Julie. They don't touch it. I know. They don't touch it at all, and it frustrates me. And they, it's scary, yeah. right? Because you don't want to do it wrong. But then if you don't even try, what good does that do? This book, it has all of the stories. I, if I put my glasses on and I find the right page, <laughs> I want to read a little bit. Because, sure, go ahead. Um, I want to go through that book as well, too. Well, you're going to go home with a copy Perfect. for yourself. Actually, can we, can we say the first five people that go to my website and sign up for my newsletter? Of course. I'll send them a book. Of course. Okay. Let's do that. We just said it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the section called Uncomfortable Conversations. We really could not have published a truly accurate book about bathrooms without talking shit. So here it goes. All the <laughs> uncomfortable conversations that you didn't know you needed to have. Ever since we, as a society, created indoor plumbing, what happens with our bodily waste has become a private activity always happening behind a closed door. Sure, you know what you do in a bathroom, but do you really know what anyone else is doing or how their body functions behind that door? We assume that we do because all bodies work more or less the same, right? Not quite. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happens when we assume, and that is why we as a society have been getting it wrong especially in accessible washrooms, for such a very long time. So then I go on to talk about things like what it's like to have a visual impairment and be in a bathroom. That's interesting. Right? They're working by feel, by touch, and nobody wants to touch anything in a bathroom. No. Right? How do you set up a bathroom in a way that helps somebody with a visual impairment? So it's not just grab bars. We talk about toilet height, the front opening of a toilet seat and why that's important. We talk about the location of the emergency call button, how to set up a baby change table to be accessible. We talk about showers, change rooms, pools, like change rooms in pool facilities, notorious for being trying to be accessible. But and not. Totally missing Do they the make market. it worse? Yeah, because of that whole water thing. Yeah. They don't think about that yeah. hydroplaning thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and they want to keep water in this space so they create a lip. And then if you're in a pool wheelchair, they're even harder to maneuver than a regular wheelchair. So that, um, yeah, creates challenge. So that's actually a really interesting read. I want to look forward to doing that because I can, I guess, fairly say that bathrooms are the most challenging room. They are. For, for any household. Hands down. Okay. Mm -hmm. For and so many reasons. that's why this was the book that I had to get out. Like, it was in my head. Yeah, it's where accidents happen. It's All where energy is lost. And um, people are left out of spaces because they don't have accessible bathrooms. So I know you have the newsletter. I know you have the website. Mm -hmm. What other things? Because 
It seems like you're just giving yourself so much more work. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have some courses. You have some courses yep, as well on okay. my website as well. I have a, a bathroom course, a whole home course. So it's building without barriers is the platform, and I have three courses there: bathroom, whole home, and kitchen. And I'm also working with high school students again, and I and I'm super excited about this because I feel like I'm coming full circle, getting you know. Teaching. back into the classroom yeah. in air quotes because I'm not actually in the classroom they're coming to me they're coming to me virtually and um, so the specialist high skills major is a program for students in high school where they can focus on a particular area where they think they want to pursue a career that's construction transportation health and wellness and then there's also like hospitality business and so what the students do is they they take the, all their regular high school courses and then they take a few more that are, they would take otherwise, but they, they fit into this um, list of things that they need to do. They also get first aid and CPR certification. If they're in construction, they might get um, safety at height certification, those kinds of things that are going to help them get a foot in the door. These are all great. Yeah. These are amazing. So they get a special red seal on their diploma if they have done this. It's called a SHSM, S-H-S-M. Okay. And I have created accessibility awareness for SHSMs in construction transportation and health and wellness and i just launched health and wellness yesterday now can we also participate or is it just yeah let's talk about that well, I'm, I'm just thinking would... if you're a tradesperson now and you want to expand yes and you want to educate why can't i go on your website absolutely and so i could do this yeah for sure the way i have it set up is a group of 30 students will work together or i mean last year they did it all covid home like and then we do we spend an hour together zooming into my house and I literally tour them through my house answer questions That's on amazing. the fly yeah. and it's so fun like I just I love it it's so And fun. how are the teenagers are they really They are on their game. Okay. Good. They get it. And so this is why this part of the work that I am doing is so exciting because I am literally changing their DNA before they are even finished high school. Like these kids are 16, 17, 18. And when I show them the low thresholds in my entry or the zero threshold in my shower and I talk about grab bars and they're like, right, of course, that makes sense. And so once you see it, you can't unsee it no uh, and it makes sense and yeah. it should be the norm yes i'm glad that they're actually connecting really well to it they really are the transportation kids as well i talk about my wheelchair i talk about my hand bike i talk about my car because i drive my own car i've got hand controls i've got a little flip down seat that's my transfer board so i and they love seeing that stuff mm-hmm. right it's a flip on the norm when you think about 22% of the Canadian population having a disability, that means 22% of their future clients. That's, and then some. Yeah, that's your client. Because earlier we talked a little bit about the aging population. People want to stay in their homes for as long as possible. Let's help them do that. How do we get it into the colleges, though? That's the problem. I don't, I don't know offhand if Conestoga is doing anything like this. I know that they're premium 
teaching, mm -hmm. but I, I'm pretty confident George Brown is not doing anything. So how do we get it more into the colleges so then we can get the students? Yeah. So they go from high school and then they start seriously considering trade mm -hmm. and they get into college mm -hmm. and then they're actually factoring this in. Yeah. They, I want college teachers to use building better bathrooms as a textbook. That's a smart idea. Like it needs to be in the curriculum. That is a, we need to have a whole nother podcast about that. But and you know why, Julie? Because you know that there's kids out there <laughs> yeah. that are going to come up with more ways, yes. better ways, yes. new ideas. Absolutely. That's why I want to try to yes. get it out there further. Accessibility is a moving target. Like yeah. this book, it's like, this is the first draft of this book because we know, Samantha Jane and I know that we're going to learn more have people that are out of the box problem solving yes. people and they're going to figure out how to do things better. I have a teacher contact at Georgian and she has brought me into her bathroom design course and I've spoken to their group and we're doing that again. I've just been communicating and speaking to them okay. in October. So it's just it's word of mouth. It's let's just start having these conversations. I want, I know that I've got a few designers lined up to be on this show. Mm -hmm. And I know that whenever I'm speaking with designers, they're great. And we'll always talk about trends. We'll always talk about the latest materials and that, but I, I'm, I'm kind of down a little bit because not a lot of designers are tackling this mm -hmm. head first. Yep. They're not, I don't know if they're not, maybe their clientele is not a part of their base or maybe, I don't know what it is. It could be, it it could be that it is a little bit daunting, right? More because challenging. Designers, their goal is to make it beautiful. Yeah. Right? But and you can make this. I've yes, seen and it. That's my point. Is yeah. when one of my favorite comments from a client coming to the house was, you know, Julie, if I didn't know that you were a wheelchair user, I would not know that's this was an accessible house. That's the first thought I had yes. walking into your house. Yes. That's exactly what I so, thought. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So you can make it beautiful. You can make it beautiful. So, I mean, we need to get more designers on board mm -hmm. and being up for the challenge yep. so then they can meet more clientele that wants to. I'm sure there's lots of people that need the accessibility that would love yes. those new ideas, those new trendy and ideas. that's a total niche market. Like if you can build yourself to be a person who does that out of the box accessible and beautiful thinking the word will get out oh my god you're gonna have so much business that <laughs> yeah. you don't know what to do and then you'll be a leader you'll yes, be a professional in absolutely it, which makes a lot of sense i am building the like with working with these high school kids they are the leaders of the future excited. it's so great to hear that i really wanted to get into the post sec and i mean i really want to get i i always tell people in construction it's you talk about a moving target with mm -hmm. accessibility. I always tell them that you got to constantly be reinventing your business. Yes. You have to. You if you are that tradesperson or that contractor that okay, I've done it for twenty years. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue doing it the same way for twenty years. You're going to get left behind. Yeah. You'll just be another flatline number. But if you really want to be a leader and move forward and take this industry to new heights, then you should start looking at new ideas like yep. this. Pushing the envelope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trying new. I mean, it, it's just. I know a lot of the young guys are and girls. They're actually doing that. They they want to, and then maybe they're just waiting for the right clients to come along mm -hmm, for that. Mm -hmm. But maybe how do we connect those two? Because I could also see clients that are, need the accessibility being a little nervous about confronting contractors in the industry. That, like we said, eighty percent of their 
clientele base is not mm -hmm. accessible needed, mm -hmm. right? So, and then they get maybe like there's nervousness on both sides of the conversation. There is. And there's also nervousness because like from a person with a disability perspective, I'm just getting older and less capable. We all are. Right? But we don't want to recognize <laughs> no, it. No, but we so, all have to. And we do. So one of the things that we did in our construction, you asked about the bedroom, we have an outlet in the ceiling. Okay. So right? for future. For a future, if yes. I blow a shoulder yes. and I can't transfer from my bed into my wheelchair independently, I'm going to need a lift. Yes. So we're wired. We're ready. But... That's an awful thing to think about, right? But you have to. But why not have that conversation exactly. when you're building a new home, when yes. you're remodeling a room? Why not just listen, the electrician, can you please put one here? And if there's one thing that I want the framers to hear, okay, it's backing. I call it backing. Yeah, no, it's backing, backing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. back framing so, for sure. Back the shit out of have everything. everything. Okay. So I'm you on. You can this. never have enough. No. Enough. I I'm, know. I'm on this B652 committee, right? So we're writing the residential building code. And I'm saying to the group when we're talking about framing and walls and all of this kind of stuff in the bathroom, I'm saying, back the shit out of it. And they're like, Julie, I don't think we can actually put that in the building code. I'm like, okay, well, we got to figure out what words we're going to use. Okay, fine. You want to choose a different word than back? Then choose a different word than back. But I want to keep shit in there. Okay. So here's a little story. If you Just... pull that off, Julie, I, I would love that. for Honestly, that would be amazing if you could pull that off. Back the shit out of it. So we, we backed everything in the shower on the two walls where the the plumbing is and where my shower bench was going to go we backed everything around the toilet so literally i could take the grab bar off when it no longer serves me in this position and, and i can move it an inch up or an inch down or whatever right but what we didn't do was we didn't back right to the floor in the shower this is a live and learn moment when we were doing the backing before we put the tile up. We didn't know what my shower bench was going to be. I had it custom built by metalwork guy just, just north of here. And it has the hinge that allows it to flip up, right? So it's got the attachments at the seat height, and then it's got that flange or whatever you call it yep. underneath so that it can slide out of the way. But you got to screw that part to the wall too, and that's about six inches from the floor. So you're going to need a good seven or eight inches of backing. Yes. So a two by eight. But floor all the way up. To that height. And we didn't do right to the floor. We did about eight inches from the floor. Julie, what's the compliance on it? Is it have to be spruce lumber or can it be double layer plywood three quarter? It can be both. It can be both. It That'll can be pass. either. Yes. Okay. It can be between the studs. Uh, we did two by four, two by eight, no, two by sixes between the studs, okay. or it can be three quarter inch plywood on top of the studs. Cause that's what I would probably Both do work. is if I was doing that shower accessible, mm -hmm. if it's an alcove, so if you got three sides or whatever, I would actually, I would fatten up the wall so that I would make it a two by six wall. Yep. And then I would actually skin it with two layers of plywood three quarter. Yep. And then that's all covered. It, 
and then I floor to ceiling, and then I would just beef out sister, you know, laminate the wall to make it the same level Mm -hmm. as the plywood, and then you get your tile back around top of there and go from tile from there. That way, I know any square inch of this shower, I can put anything Anything, I want. Anything anywhere. Yeah. So when we went to put we, this is the royal we, right? Casey's putting up the shower bench, and he's he's like, "There's nothing back here. We didn't put enough backing." all the way to the floor so he had to go out into the hall through the drywall cut it <laughs> cut it, it put in the backing instead of taking the tile off right yeah and then redrywall. so again live and learn but that's one of the stories that i talk about in um, build your space is back the shit out of it <laughs> i mean because it's just it's the bathroom it's and especially the shower area why not i mean we've spent i know lots of clients have asked for the zero barrier where we actually sink We'll sink yes. the joists, right? And mm-hmm. we'll bring them down and then we'll actually reframe it and we'll put a double header and everything like that so they can put their mud bed in and it's, it lands perfectly. But we should also be looking at the walls the same way mm-hmm. and doing that. So then you have full backing anytime. So as you grow, a lot of people want to buy their forever home yes. at a certain age and stay there. Mm-hmm. But like you said, we are only getting more needed. Yes. That's more all frail. it is. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just inevitable. That's how it yeah. is. So why not think about in the future? And space too, right? Like we've talked about space from the point of view of using a mobility device, but as we age, we need assistance. So you need space for that person person. that is providing assistance. We do. Yeah. We've talked a lot about little, Mm -hmm. anything else that we should be covering? Don't be afraid to ask questions. I know that some people have said before, a lot of people that are needed the accessibility don't like being told. Mm -hmm that they need the accessibility, Mm -hmm. but you're not like that. You want to have those conversations and just treat those conversations. Like we said at the very beginning of the show, where it's just another conversation about something that you're building for another client. That's all it is. Ask me anything. Okay. And that, and you're supposed to get personal, but not too personal. You're supposed to figure out how they use the space, how they were. and, And it's both parties. So if it's only one and like yourself with your husband and he doesn't, you have to figure out both balances, right? right? Yep. And then it's the same thing with the kids. I'm sure that if you ask your kids, which you'll never do, how they want renovated, <laughs> they'll probably give you their list of personals, right? My brother and his family were here in the summertime, and his kids are seven and nine. Little Anne walks up to my prep sink and washes her hands. And she turns around and says, it's really nice having a sink at my height. <laughs> so there you go. Like, universal design it's is family literally design. for everybody. Yeah, it's for the whole family. It really is. I love that. Yeah. I wish I had got that on video because it was so genuine. Yeah. <laughs> because she knew it. She was being honest yep. about it. So basically have these conversations. Don't be afraid to have mm-hmm. these conversations. And and a lot of contractors out there that are listening, everyone should be looking into this. Yes. You should be seeing that there is a market here that is actually in need of your skills. Yes. It's really important. Mm-hmm. So look into it and then you'll find more clients and then you'll actually build things for people that are really needing these things, right? Yep. And then also we want those people to think outside the box. Yes. To and come when up you with new ideas. When you build it right for a client especially like a person like me or a person who's aging in place, they will talk. And the word of mouth is what's going to get you more business. Yes, it will. Because you've just made their lives that much Mm -hmm. better as a Mm -hmm. result of all this. Mm -hmm. And like it goes back to the mental and the physical and everything. So if you're constantly thinking about their life in their home, and you make an amazing home for them, then they'll talk to so many people. They will love it. 
I did we cover everything on the website? I know that you have the blog and we want them to yep, sign up and blog, we talked I've about the courses. The course I the courses I'm going to sign up right away. <laughs> I'm really interested in that. The books I'm going to read, mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I actually I, I, the older I get, the more I read and I mm-hmm. love it and I tell the young kids to do the same thing, right? You can never get enough education going on. I think yeah. we've just talked about a lot. We have. I'm so excited <laughs> to have this conversation because like you and I connected, I think maybe even two years ago. Did we? Yep. And and I was, I've kind of been dreaming about how do I get in front of the construction industry to start having these conversations, right? You, there is a, a slight uphill battle, mm-hmm. Julia, I'll be very honest. I know. Because there are a lot of old school morons that just are set in their ways this is the way we've always done it just order this and order this and order this and build it this way mm-hmm. and that's it but there is and I've, i'm very hopeful there is a, a huge population of the younger and a lot of the olders that are embracing this yes. stuff they really want to build things and when i see a lot of pride on social media and i see a lot of people showing off what they built and it's not necessarily like this fancy fancy ultra high and expensive mm-hmm. but it's just a functional really clean yeah. simple space i take a lot of pride in that Absolutely. i love seeing that so there there is a huge and i i, I have a lot of faith i have a lot of faith that the 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 generation will step up mm-hmm. and we'll get a lot better builders going mm-hmm. on is what we'll be, we'll be having built for sure. better it's amazing. Build okay. without barriers. That's it. Yep. So triple W, Julie Sawchuk. Yep. S A W C H U K. Dot C A. And then her email is Julie at JulieSawchuk.ca. And then the Instagram handle is at Sawsome. I love that. Sawsome S A W E S O M E underscore Julie. Correct. You're also on Facebook or I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. We have to connect on LinkedIn. YouTube. That's what we haven't talked about. Okay, your YouTube channel. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. And what's the channel name? Julie Sawchuk. Okay, so there you go. So you can find her there. I just did a live kitchen chat last week with Dr. Rossetti from the States. She's in Ohio. She has her own universally designed home. She uses a wheelchair. And so we did, we hung out in the kitchen for half an hour, her kitchen, my kitchen, and we talked about why we did things the way we did them. We compared her cooktop to my cooktop. It was it was really fun. So it's it's a great example of how many ways you can make a space. Were there a lot of differences? Yes, there were. Because again, it's personal. It's personal. It's- she has some higher end appliances than I have. She's got this really cool like pasta pot integrated into her cooktop that has a drain and a pot filler oh wow i know i really wish i had done a pot filler pot fillers make a lot but how would you reach the draining that's the problem i could reach it you swing it around okay and it gets to it yeah if it's on a hinge but but she's got a drain she's got an integrated drain so you can cook put the pot fill the water into the pot cook the pasta and then you lift it up and it strains and it drains right there. So you're not sliding a pot. I slide a pot across the counter to, to the my sink. prep sink okay. to drain it. But hers is all in one. It's pretty cool. That's very, very slick. Yeah. Was that a custom thing or is that something that someone's selling? It, it must be something somebody's selling. Okay, Julie. So we got yes. one last little segment here. Okay. 
which right. we have some fun with, the 12 questions of construction, mm-hmm. just to get some insight into you. There's no right or wrong. Okay, it's good. not a test. It's not a quiz. Uh, I was a biology teacher. Remember that. <laughs> oh, you'll be able to. You'll be fine. You'll do great. Okay. What is your favorite construction word? Threshold. Threshold. Mm. <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? I don't know. Nothing? No, no negative one? No. no not- nope. Nothing? No. See, if you were asking me biology questions, my favorite biology word is sphincter. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work for construction, okay. too. What turns you on in construction? Beautiful. Like, clean, beautiful lines. Like this, the beautiful line of the coping on my wall. I there. love that. I know. I was, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah. I'm going to use that one day yes. on a job. What turns you off in construction? Mess. Just oh. unorganized? Not not even unorganized, but like when when something is done and then they move on to the next part without cleaning up the first part. That's true. You just add just work spend for yourself, the time right? effort. Yeah. I just did that on Friday, wrapping up the week. I was just getting so frustrated midway through the morning. I just like, okay, time to clean, clean up. up. Just yes. because my head is just exploding yeah. right now. It does actually make you mentally feel better when you're working in a tidy space. It does. It yep. totally does. Yep. What construction sound or noise do you love? Uh, I like a saw going through wood. Mm-hmm. That sound? Yes. Yeah. Not binding, just nice clean cut. Yes, nice okay. clean cut. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Metal grinding. It's harsh. Mm-hmm. Blackboard? Nails? Oh, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> really bad. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? But, I mean, you're an author now. You're an advocate. You're changing the industry. Well, yeah. like, what other hats are you going to try? I love speaking. Yeah? I'm already doing that. But clean water's always been on my radar. I studied environmental science at university, and... Just like lack of clean drinking water in this country is saddening. Very sad. Yeah. And if I were to go back to school and do my master's, that's that's what I would focus on. What profession would you not like to do? <laughs> Nursing. <laughs> Nursing? <laughs> Which is funny because my mom was a nurse, my mother in law was a, t- a nurse. It's tough. And I applied for nursing when I was going to university and mm. The doctor that my mom worked for said, oh, Julie, you don't want to do that. And after spending three months in rehab with nurses, I see what they do and I bow to them because they are a godsend. Yeah, it's it's very, very, very. It's a very tough job. And we are so lucky to have the people that we have working in healthcare. It takes a special person. It really does. Uh, the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Thank you for all you have done. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can ask. That's it. Where did I, I lost your, no, there it is right there. Julie, is there anything that you would want to leave the listeners with? I mean, we are talking to contractors and homeowners and young and old, you know, like, uh, is there anything just, I guess the key thing from this whole podcast is just communication. Yes. Do not be afraid to have the communication Mm -hmm. about working with somebody, a client or anybody that's in this industry with accessibility. Just ask questions. And the why, like why, why do we do this? Why do we always do it this way? Do you know 
um, the height of outlets off the floor. It's you, 15. Do you know why? No, I don't know why. It's uh -huh. ESA is the one that's done that. Yeah, well, it's been like that for forever. A long time. Unless you integrate them into the baseboard. It's because that's the height of a hammer. <laughs> Seriously. That's, that's, the that's the reason why. So, so we go back to old school mm -hmm. mentality. This is how we measure with the length of our hammer. And that way, they're exactly at the same spot because our hammer is the same length. It depends these days. There's lots oh, of does, different hammers. But that's the original. The original where it scope came from. hammer. Mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot of old school ways of mm -hmm. how this was done, and and the the why doesn't justify me saying okay, sure, that's I'll do it that way. Always done it. No, there's always a better way <laughs> exactly. to do it, especially yeah. in construction. Yes. Especially in construction. Yeah. So you learned a lot when you were building your house. I did. We like clients like that. Yes. But now I love it even better that you're sharing all mm -hmm. that knowledge. Which it would really just go to waste if it were kept yeah. in my head. So. And that's the other thing. So don't forget the books again. So the, the, you can f you can go online. Yep. So you can find it on my website. You can order printed in Canada copies from nice. my website. Yes. Okay. JulieSawchuk.ca. So that's for Build Your Space and Building Better Bathrooms. They are also available on Amazon. Um, they're both Amazon bestsellers. I saw so that. So super exciting that, you know, they're getting out there. But... I have a stack on my bookshelf that I need to send out to people because they're useless on no, my bookshelf. So reach out to, to yes. Julie, guys. Reach out to Julie and get the book, and you'll get a lot more insight on what we talked about on this show. And then the roadmap, the roadmap is a downloadable. Is free download from my website. From the website. Yep. Okay, and the website again is www.juliesawchuk. It's S A W C H U K.ca, guys. And it's, it's Julie at juliesawchuk.ca is her email. And then again, on the social media, you're all over Instagram. Yep. Are you on Twitter? Sort of. Sort of. No, you're <laughs> sort not. Sort of, kind of. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Facebook, IG, you'll find her at Sawsome underscore Julie. At Sawsome underscore Julie. And find me on YouTube because that is where you're going to find some more Engaging content. Right? Like, you want to learn about bathrooms? You can watch me transfer from my wheelchair to the toilet. I that's have a amazing. whole half hour that's toilet talk. <laughs> <laughs> you can never have enough talk when it comes to shit. You can't. No. <laughs> Oh, Julie, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for the hospitality. Loving seeing the home. And I'm glad that we did it outside here. Yes. I've been playing umbrella mascot <laughs> here to keep the sun off here. But no, we really appreciate you being on the show. And thank you so much. I know that we talked a bit and, and we'll, we got to do this again. We'll, we'll have to do another one next year. For sure. See where you're at at that yeah. point, And then we'll continue the conversation. And I, I encourage everybody that's listening, please reach out to her. I Honestly. look forward to hearing from everybody. Yeah. Just send her a message and then, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell everybody on on also on social media to share it as well. Yeah, we'll keep connected. Okay, let's get out of here. Thank you. Thanks, Julie.